So Josh is out. Connor Pasby is in all week. Welcome into the Plank Show. Thanks to Chris Vanini from The Athletic and TJ Eckert in a very guest-heavy 10 a.m. hour. Look at us. Look at us. Um, a couple of quick air comfort solutions texts. 405-651-3439. And are you ready for the top five stories of the day? You, you, Let's do it. All right. Okay. We'll get to them. Let me, let me get these two. Uh, oh, you believe we're 56, right? Coach Kenny G from OSU is the perfect candidate for the A&M job. I agree. That's why I mentioned it. But it'll be interesting. It, it'll be interesting because that's heck of a staff too, right? Um, John Barkfell is a former head coach himself. Maybe they look at him as a candidate. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Kenny wants to leave. Uh, that's a top ten program he's built. Oh, she's been up there for a lot of years now. Um, it would be interesting because I think I think where Oklahoma State is right now is pretty impressive, and it's always been a good program. It just hit a dip for about a decade there before Kenny came in. But might there be a few more resources in College Station than you have in Stillwater? I don't know. Might you look at the future of the Big 12 and say, man, OU in Texas is leaving. UCF is coming in with BYU. And, gosh, I don't, even, I don't think Cincinnati has a softball program. Um, I, actually, they do with Cincinnati uh, and Houston. So you feel pretty good about that, right? I just – I don't know. It'd be a tough call. It'd be about money, I think, more than yeah, anything and then else. Yeah, he'll get. I mean, he'll get to keep playing OU again. Yeah, he I know. Uh, here's another thing. There's a lot of names like uh, uh, Pete Diamore, the head coach of Virginia Tech. Not many people know about him, but he's only been there four years, and he has turned that place into a beast. Maybe a Ross Bjork says, "Listen, I'm looking more at just, you know." This region, I'm going to head out and look at some of these big names. Duke's head coach is impressive. So, it'll be one of the best openings out there. But Joe Evans is out. She has been let go by Texas A&M. And maybe the specific way to put it, they're not renewing her contract. And I thought I thought that it would be a situation that she would get to write her own ending. But new stadium, high expectations, relatively new off, uh, athletic director, you're out. Um, and let's see. I, I I don't really know if I got the gist of this, but for the 405, <laughs> um, who need, who benefits more from NIL, college players or the NFL? Because those fans that dislike the NFL and enjoy the purity of college sports are fleeing. They also added, Harry ruined the weekend for me and my family. Broadcasting from the crowd. Well, that wasn't Harry. Harry wasn't broadcasting from the crowd. <laughs> it made it. There was a. We had the Texas A&M guys. We worked together. We wanted. They didn't have a. Gosh, this is really inside radio. But give me a second. They didn't have a feed to where you could get the Nat sounds because again, we're out on the concourse, and again, we're right next to the A&M guys. There's only two radio crews there, but we're right next to each other. So. 
we worked together to try to get the best mic situation that we could to get crowd noise. Because you could just hang it. It's not the same when you just hang it over. Because you hear the person in front of you. So we, dude, we we got the longest mic cords we could find. We ran it on down. We put it. We had It was right behind home plate. If you, watch you, want, game, you want to get in the perfect spot. If you watch the game, you could see our crowd mics right behind home plate. And literally, it fell right in the mouth of, like, the crazy. It was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. The passion was there, but oof, it was quite a weekend. But I, if your idea is the purity of college sports, where I appreciate, and when I say naivety, I hope you don't take it as a shot because I'm right there with you. Because I want to believe, man, in my heart of heart, there's people that are like, I don't care about an NIL deal. I want to go play for where my dad played. Or I want to go play for this place because I love that coach. It's just I don't think that's been the reality for a while. There's a handful of people like that. Built different. Those are the people Brent Venables is looking for, but it's tough. I don't mind that, Niall. It's just the coaches get involved with it. I feel like that's the main issue, and that's why you're going to see guidelines is because the coaches spending the money. You're going to have, well, not just spending the money, but using it to bring people in. And that's where you're not supposed to do it. All right, uh, 1108, let's go. Let's see the top five stories of the day. Hour three, as always, is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for over 30 years. Call Josh Tucker today at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Big story number five. Man, what a fun run this weekend to follow for the OU women's tennis program. They had never won a national championship in program history, but they fall to number four Texas last night. Four, uh, I almost said four sets to one. Four to one. It was the first national championship appearance. Uh, Texas came out, won the doubles point, and that was it. Congratulations to Audra Cohen's crew. The individual season is not done. Lane Sleeth and Carmen Corley will play in the NCAA singles championship, which begins on May 23rd, while Carmen and Ivana Corley will compete in the NCAA doubles championship starting May 24th. Sooners finished their season 32-3, and setting a program record for the most wins in a season. Congratulations to uh, the Corley sisters, to Audra Cohen, Brittany Pump, their athletic trainer, who's been working this entire year pregnant which is and, and ready to go. Cool year. Uh, fun team to follow. OU Tennis comes up just short. Big story number four. Baseball's postseason starts this week. In fact, as soon as this show is over, we're going to sit down with Toby and knock out a podcast for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, OU will be the three seed heading into this week's Big 12 championship, and they'll face West Virginia in the first round, and it's the late game, 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Sooners, with a loss on Sunday, finished in a three-way tie for second place. They received a third seed by tiebreaker. OU was picked to finish sixth in the conference this year. They won its final five series of the regular season and registered its most conference wins in over a decade. So they will play at 7.30 on Wednesday. And then, if they win, play the winner of Tech Kansas State on Thursday night, same time. If they lose, then it gets a little bit jumbled. They'll play the loser of Tech, Kansas State, and fight for their lives. Big story number three. All right. I got some audio here. 
let's start with the game last night where the Golden State Warriors absolutely punished Dallas down the stretch. And, well, let's just say it was it was the dunk that was heard around the world until it wasn't. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Flash goes up. Oh! oh, my goodness. With 6.38 to go, the announcement was made moments ago. It is a successful challenge. The Warriors will get the bucket by Andrew Wiggins and a fantastic dunk. And they never looked back. Ball game over. The Warriors have taken the commanding three games to none lead in the Western Conference Finals. Final score, Warriors 109 and Dallas 100. All right, Steve Kerr last night after what worked and what didn't. Yeah, we got off to a great start and we were playing exactly how we needed to. Felt very confident that if we just settled down, um, we'd be in good shape. And the the guys did a great job of, of getting control of the game back. Meanwhile, Jason Kidd. You know, when you look at the three guys who scored, Spencer, LD, and, and JB, um, that's just not enough against the Warriors. You know, you need you need a lot more guys to participate offensively, but we're getting good looks, and they're just not dropping. Um, what a little Luca, Luca. Like I say, you know, nobody had us being here in this finals conference, conference finals. I think the Warriors are playing incredible. Uh, everybody knows their role. Everybody, it just stays together. You know, they're a, a long-built team. You know, they've been together for a lot, uh, and I think they're playing great basketball. By the way, when you start with the "no one expected us to be here" mantra, that pretty much tells you the series is over. Golden State up three games to zip. No one has ever come back from three zip in an NBA playoff. Nobody. Steph, Clay, and Draymond, when they are healthy, they are really tough to beat. I mean, you get Jordan Poole, who was in the G League last year, Andrew Wiggins that everyone had given up on. I mean, before he got hurt, Gary Payton II was playing at a at an elite level. I mean, it's just it's it's incredibly frustrating when you thought that you had closed the door on the Steph Clay Draymond run, and then the next thing you know, you look up and it's like, ah, oh, okay, they're one went away from another NBA finals. And it's big for ratings. It's To me, it's the reason why ratings are up. It, it really is. Tonight, Miami uh, looks to extend its lead over Boston. Heat won a big game on Saturday to take a 2-1 lead. Now, they're uh, in Boston. No Tyler Hero. He is out tonight for Miami. All right, big story number two. All right, so it was all about one man's implosion at the PGA Championship. There's a contact. This is a low shot working to the right. That better get down. That better get down. Gets a hard kick. And it's actually in the water. That is a huge mistake. Oh, no. Oh, no is right for Mito Pereira. And Justin Thomas took advantage of it. Five years later, after his win at Quelhalo, it's Justin Time. Again at the PGA Championship. I didn't catch that whenever I was watching it. Did he say it's just in time at the PGA Championship? I think he said it's just in time. I think he hit a dab, too. We saw a dab. I've been seeing that going around. Oh, really? Two dabs, two dabs, straight back and forth. Wow, how about that? I mean, it has been a while since he won, so maybe he thought that was still popular. I don't know. Um, you know, it's... it's we had T.J. Eckert on earlier, and I thought he brought up a fantastic point. That was a P- 
PGA championship that was on the verge in the final round of becoming a dud, right? And then all of a sudden, Justin Thomas makes his run from seven shots back. You saw Pereira completely and totally implode. So, and that that playoff was like the icing on the cake too. But man, I, I feel for that prayer, dude, because when he hit that, it looked like it was going to stay left of the water, and man, it just took a terrible bounce, and that mm. ah, put him in a deep hole. Well, as someone who's played Southern Hills a few times, I've had that problem on eighteen before. It can be a bit of an issue, which gets us now. By the way, uh, TJ said when TJ Eckerd was on with us, twenty thirty. Might be the next time we get a PGA championship or a PGA event at Southern Hills. So thanks to Nick Sidorakis, PGA, uh, excuse me, the Southern Hills people. That was awesome. It was great to see at a really cool event. Which gets us to big story number one. Oklahoma softball is off to the Supers. I've got a lot of Patty Gasso to share with you. Um, but real quick, she talked in her post game about the team keeping the fight, the team passing the torch. Yeah, it was definitely passing the torch and looking at the box score and just looking at Jada Coleman with two hits, Allo with three, Jennings with two, Grace Lyons with one, Elam with one, Brito with two, Johns with one, um, Taylor Snow with two RBIs. I mean, top to bottom, there's RBIs throughout. There's hits throughout. It was um, it was just a suffocating offense today, and it felt really good because that's who we are. There you go. Patty Gasso. I've got more Patty post game coming up. We'll hear from Nicole May. Plus, we have all the start times. I don't have ticket information yet. But it, um, and I don't know if anything has been officially released by anyone yet. But yeah, there's the start times that were on ESPN.com were three thirty for the Sooners on Friday against UCF, one o'clock on Saturday, and then no time yet on the if necessary game. Texas, Arkansas, and Oklahoma State, Clemson are the two series that will get underway on. Thursday. But we'll get ticket information as soon as it becomes available. And the only reason I saw that is because I happen to click on ESPN.com and they have all the times on there. Someone hit me up in the DMs and they said, uh, where'd you get that information? It's not out there yet. I'm like, ESPN.com? Someone was mad at me too. It's like, the, that's- the one place to go find it. I mean, literally, I went to ESPN.com and that's where it was. I thought, huh, I wonder if they posted times yet. And I went and I looked, and there it is. All right, and by the way, not as if ESPN has always been right, but I kind of trusted him on this one. So 3.30, Friday. We're going to learn a lot about UCF this week. We'll hear more from Patty Gasso when we come back. It's 11.18 on a Monday. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. More from uh, the weekend in the Super Regionals uh, preview next. So, Patty Gasso, because there's been so many questions about it, was asked about Jordy Ball, obviously. And uh, here's what she had to say post-game. I hope a little tweak works. of the ankle for Hanson. Oh, the, the Hanson update. And just thought we could give her this weekend off and get her ready for next week, trusting we were going to do our job, and that's what this team knew they needed to do. We needed to also give Jordy this weekend off and um, – she is doing some movement, and we are 
just going to remain hopeful that she's going to be ready to go. There you go. There's Coach Gasso on Jordy Ball and ticket information. I just retweeted it. Uh, I guess I missed this on my Twitter. The Twitter algorithms decided not to make the OU softball announcement at the start of this show uh, for ticket availability, part of what I could see. So Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., there'll be a limited number of tickets on sale. That's Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. And again, those start times are correct. Friday at 3.30, Saturday at 1, and then Sunday will be – Determine based on what other games are taking place on. You Sunday. got ESPN two for the first game and ESPN for the second game. So no, we're not looking at any ESPN plus. And I would also add that yeah, and the Women's College World Series app has the start times as well. I would also add that um, I think there's a chance one of these games could get shifted to ABC again. That's just my understanding. All right, uh, True Sooner has been hanging in there. I'm sorry, True. Uh, welcome to the show. What's going on, True? How are you? Well, I'm glad I got my, got my headphones on, so it's all good. Beautiful. Uh, and, and by the way, those tickets will be available for 8.3 seconds. So, <laughs> yeah, so you better be ready. Uh, <laughs> be on there about 9.58, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so I was, I was there, you know, Friday night, sitting about five feet from, you know, Ball, and Jordy Ball, and I – I hope you're still as optimistic. Um, I, I hope I hope that that's the situation. Today's because a big day. Had, yeah, it's it scary. Watch. I mean, I just I, I don't know, man. I'm just like I don't know if she can go next weekend or not. But I'm hoping hoping that she's just being cautious. She's not raising her arm up and she's doing. Well, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> I mean, she's trying to do everything she yeah. can to minimize pain right now. So. Well, especially on the throwing right, arm right. too. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be a little bit different if it was on her but, glove but, side, right? On the good, you know, the, the flip side of that is, I thought Nicole May pitched better this weekend than I've seen her pitch all year. She looked great. Um, placing the ball dominant. How hard is she was throwing? I don't know. I didn't have a gun out there or anything, but I'm guessing. It was, I'm sure she was hitting the old seventies, right? At, at certain. That's times. my I understanding. Mean, so, yep. So, hey, so I was going to ask you real quick. Okay, Gajewski versus White. Mm-hmm. Who's the Who's the better villain for OU? I. I, I've listened to both of them talk, and obviously White's had his issues with, you know, flipping people off in the stands and getting kicked out and stuff like that. And I, I actually listen to Gajewski, and I think, you know, this guy is a decent guy, and I, I it's hard not to like that dude. But as far as the two, is, is Mike White, is he – what do you know about – would you call him a villain? Is he a great villain, or is he is he misunderstood? That's a good question. I don't – I have not ever even talked to Mike White. I've never even interviewed him. So I can't speak too much on him. But in what I hear, seems like he's an okay guy. I mean, he's there was a there was a certain college basketball coach once in the day that they used to joke and they would call him Oh gosh, who was the guy that invented basketball? Why did I just completely? Joe Naismith. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah they, they'd call him Naismith, and I think you know who I'm talking about. It's like, oh, there's there's Dr. Right. Naismith. I think Mike right. White kind of has a little bit of that in him to where, you know, he acts like he's smarter than the room. But like I said, I, yeah. that's just secondhand stuff. I I like Kenny because Kenny always pokes the bear. 
I mean, it's just a matter of yeah. time before Kenny Gajewski is going to say something that's going to fire people up. And I like that. I mean, I, I think he's he's got a lot of he's, confidence. He's and less I, miles. He's got a lot of less miles in him on that front. Yeah. Um, and he's done a really good job with that team. They're going to a Super Regional. Again, they're hosting. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Kenny's a little bit of the better villain, but I do think okay. that there is a likable quality to Kenny that, that Mike White doesn't have. Well, I heard him on a national show a while back, and he was telling people, you know, he's obviously got the stuttering problem. And if anybody, and he admits, and you know, he's he's open about that. And if, if there's any OU fans that are giving him a hard time, get you know, get off that. But first of all, he was he was basically giving his email out on this national program, going, <laughs> if you have any if you have any stuttering problems, give me a call, and I'll tell you how to take care of that. I mean, so the guy is, I feel like the guy is is real. You know, he seems pretty legit. Yeah. Seems pretty yeah. legit. We'll see you, man. Right. Hey, see you, true. And I do think he's going to be a big-time candidate for the Texas A&M job. It's funny. Uh, so Joe Evans gets win number 1,400 on Saturday, and they celebrate it. On Sunday, she's out. It's What a world, Quick, man. Quick term of events right there. You come down here, you win 1,400. What an incredible career. The next day, hey, that uh, new contract you're expecting ain't happening. Well, I thought she would retire before actually Texas A&M letting her or Texas A&M not renewing her contract. It is Oklahoma's never lost to Texas A&M in the postseason in in softball. It's unbelievable. But this is this has become a sport that matters more than it ever has. You just can't live in mediocrity when you've invested the kind of money they have in facilities at Texas A&M. You just can't. So. I I think it's going to be a fascinating list of candidates for that job. I really do. And every single time I mention someone, I'll get a text that's another name. Hey, keep an eye on like Alani Alameda at Florida State. Keep an eye on this person or that person. It's it's going to attract the biggest names in sports. Well, they're going to get the person they want with. I mean, obviously you got a lot of money at AM, so you can go after the best name you I, get. I did a show on Saturday morning with, with Arnie. We filled in from 5 to 9 a.m. on Saturday. It was, it's one of my favorite shifts because I love morning radio. Uh, it's, it's easy. Four hours, a little bit of payday. So it's, it's, it's perfect. And Arnie was just aghast. He's like, well, I just don't understand how A&M, how they would have this money and blah, blah, blah. It's just Texas A&M. I'm like, what? You lived in Dallas for like five years. How can you not understand how ridiculously wealthy Texas A&M and its boosters are? Well, I just don't think there's that many people that go to school there. And it magnifies to me how for a lot of people they see this and in their mind it's like, well, I don't understand how Texas – because they just don't know the kind of desire that is out there to make sure that the program is – performing at an elite level across the board they do they do get a lot of help from boosters who yeah give money for you know what they can work with in college station they want to be able to win like texas or well i mean maybe more than texas right now (laughs) but they don't want to be on a position where they're considered inferior to them and i don't think they are right now i just don't okay um thanks true there's your top five stories of the day I still owe you a little bit more, Patty. Um, I'll get to that coming up in a bit. I thought she had some great stuff to say about where this team is. We had a great pregame conversation, man. We had one of our better pregame conversations and just understanding 
where this team needs to continue to improve, right? And I'll add one more quick thing before we go to break. Dude, I don't know when it changed, but two minutes and 30 seconds between breaks, between innings, I mean, TV has done incredible things for this sport. It's it's grown it beyond belief. But what does everybody say they love about softball? Oh, fits into a nice two hour window. Well, not when you're taking three minute commercial breaks between innings because it's never two thirty. It's always thirty seconds extra because the the poor timeout coordinator's got to stand out there on the field and be like, whoa, don't go yet. And then the little things you got to review too. And those umpires, they kind of they have a long walk to go review something that they, just thankfully kills they the time. Thankfully they moved it back a bit, but. That great fear about what replay might do to to games and their their time was it was definitely felt yesterday. Now what's wild, oh, I didn't even check the final time on the game, is the first inning of yesterday's game, the first half the first half inning took thirty five minutes. The first inning total took like forty five minutes. The time of the game was Still like two hours. So, I mean, yeah, two hours and 23. So, not bad for a one-hour almost first inning. Yeah, because I remember ESPN going to break, and it was already one one forty. Yeah. Oh, and can I say one more thing about the Herzog situation? Because I, I saw a couple people losing their minds on it, and I think Hartland wrote an article about it. Uh, A&M pitcher storms off the – the coach was out there to take her out of the game. I mean, Joe Evans was going over the lineup card with the umpire because Texas A&M, any move that they make, they they were somehow low on numbers. I don't know, and maybe that's part of the reason why Joe Evans is out. Injuries hurt him a bit. But so when you made a pitching change, you also had to move this player to left field, and this player had to go to to, to, to pitch, and this and this player had to go to catch, and your catcher had to go to first. So every, every single move they had wasn't as simple as, hey, this pitcher's coming out of the – uh, bullpen, and if you watched it all the way, sure. Did she walk off the circle? Did she leave the mound without talking to the coach? Yeah, but she didn't just storm off the field like they seem to make it sound on social media uh, or on ESPN. I mean, she literally was being taken out of the game. Yeah, so. and I think on, on TV it looked like there was no one out. There. Right, so that's you, why she looked like she just wandered off. There, there wasn't a good shot of Joe Evans. Out. I don't think Joe Evans was walking out to be like, "Hey, where are you at?" And you even saw. As Herzog was leaving the field, you saw her give the ball to the the lefty that was coming in. So, I, and again, that blew. I didn't even. I don't think we mentioned it on the broadcast because we saw Joe Evans coming out. But wild weekend, good weekend. Sooners moving on to the super regional. We'll break down the schedule next. That is Connor Pasby. He is in this week for Josh Helmer, who's on vacation. My name is Chris Plank. It's the Plank Show on a Monday, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show on a rainy Monday. A little overcast here in Norman today. It's supposed to it's supposed to rain like the next two days, right? That's what I understand. Yeah, you got some high chances of rain who, like the next three days. Who do I count on here? I always have this bite. I think someone was trying to tell me to get the AccuWeather app. I fight with the AccuWeather app too. Um, 70% chance of thunderstorms continuing today, 90% tomorrow. But everything clears up for the weekend. Friday, 85 degrees. Saturday, 88 degrees. Sunday, 89 degrees. Let's have a day. 
Um, I, n- I never mind some rain on some Mondays. Make to me, it makes Mondays fly a little, flow a little better. Yeah, this has been a very fast-moving show. I'm not going to lie. Um, so my hope is that tomorrow uh, we'll have Eric on, Eric Lopez on with us, and we'll be able to learn a little bit more about UCF. I'm hoping tomorrow JT can join us. I want to do some Big Twelve baseball previews with the tournament getting underway tomorrow. So we got a lot to get to on that side. But I, I want to, one more call today. 405-329-9000. Bill gets the final word on the phones. What's going on, Bill? Bill. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Uh, nothing much. Uh, you think so, Sister of Christ? Yes, he goes to uh, Texas A&M. I think that they would fight to keep him. I really do. Um, but, again, there's twofold there. If Gajewski leaves, you might have a, a, a pretty good replacement in your pitching coach. And John Barkfeld to slide in there. And maybe, you know, when, when Kenny brought him in, I think he would want him to go with him to A&M. But that's – yes, I, they would be upset. I think he's going to be a, a top candidate for the job. But, Bill, the A&M softball job – is going to be one of the elite openings in this offseason. It's kind of similar to the football job. They paid a lot of money to go get Jimbo. I think they'll do the same thing in softball. I mean, I don't know whether you know. Is OU still recruiting the Miles McGlay kid out of Kansas City? No clue. Um, I thought you might be more fired up about the Ashton Cozart stuff from this weekend. I hadn't heard. Did he go to or Did he go to Oregon? He committed to Oregon last night. And he took he took that trip to Oregon last week, so I kind of nailed the things. Which was weird because I was following that, and because we talked about it on like Wednesday or Thursday, and there had been a report that oh no, that's fake news. He wasn't going there, and then last night it's like oh no, he's committed to Oregon. So like what what just happened? Well, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him really. I'm not making light. He's a probably an outstanding kid, but there's. There's still some good wide receivers out there. Yeah, I mean, the only issue is, you know, this. there's some that don't agree. And, Bill, you live in the recruiting world a hell of a lot more than I do. But there's a lot of people that don't like the idea of when you're committed, you're committed, and you're done, and you're not taking any other visits. And I know it's going to be hard for diehard recruiting fans to get used to, and it might be a struggle for a while, but – that's going to be Coach Venable's philosophy, and we'll see how it works out. Well, they're not – even if they commit no time, they can still switch on you at the last minute. More than likely they're not going to. They're not committed till they sign on that piece of paper. You're right, Bill. You're preaching to the choir on that one, man. You know, until they sign that, until they sign that name on a piece of paper, that commitment don't mean a – don't mean do really squat. Ooh, way to, way to correct yourself. Bill – Thanks. With the with the portal, even that doesn't mean anything hardly in some ways. No, because if they get there, they get there and they're unhappy, then they can jack up and leave. That's right. That's right. Bill, thanks for the phone call. Um, I'll I'll Alrighty. say this. See, you, buddy. I think part of this too is thinking about the portal, and I mean it's not like you can take fifty guys out of the portal, but you can also look at it and say, all right, so I'll just use the the Cozart kid as an example. You don't get him now, but if he goes to Oregon and it doesn't work for him and he's looking for somewhere, hey, you know, we really dug you. We want you to we we still want you to be here. He might end up in your spot. Or maybe you find someone better. It's just it's fascinating. Well, I don't like when you're committed and ex- you're pretty much saying you're exploring other options while you're committed, and that's Venable's 
rule too. So it's going to take some time, right? But I, I, I kind of dig it. Yeah, Bill brings up. I'm giving you credit here, Bill. Bill brings up a really good point. Well, I want guy. I want guys to be able to commit so my recruiting class ranking can be higher and I can feel better about it. But you're also in a situation to where nothing is guaranteed until signing day. And we've been there where you've been at signing day and you have two or three people that don't end up showing up. So do you just want to feel a little bit better about things in May and June by the recruiting rankings and then still get hosed in uh, December? I mean, I understand it. I get it. It's There are – I made the mistake of jumping on a message board this weekend. No, I shouldn't say that. I it's not a mistake. I just I wanted to see what people were saying about softball and there's some really good takes out there. But then I jumped on the football side and there is quite a bit of panic about it right now. And I mean, coming up next we've got one of the foremost connoisseurs of recruiting information in Parker Thune, but I'll I can't wait to hear what he has to say in 15 minutes from now with Mike Steely about the Cozart situation and kind of where OU goes from here. Couple of quick, uh, well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's actually have a last segment because we have a couple really good texts to wrap the show up. And I got an NFL story that we've held on to. Rain's going to continue throughout the day here in the Norman Metro and across most of Oklahoma. Thanks to TJ Eckert for joining us. Thanks to Chris uh, Chris Vanini. Really, really cool perspective on everything NIL right now and what could be next. If you missed it, it'll be up on the pod as soon as the show wraps up. It's Plank Show. Final segment with some uh, Air Comfort Solutions text or next. You know, it's uh, it's always fun whenever you're a diehard football fan and you look up on May 23rd and ESPN is debating the biggest threats in the AFC West. I'm like, we have plenty of time, boys. Everyone calm down. Just so. We're not going to make it through the summer if you start burning through this content in May. Easy, easy, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, you got a big break from the NFL. You got to wait. A little chill. Got a little relax. Relax a little bit. Got OTAs coming up, which nobody wants. All right, uh, three quick tweets. <clears throat> text before I get out of here. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Stephen B.A. writes, I was so happy for Macy McAdoo yesterday when she throws strikes. She has some filthy stuff. If we get Macy, look out. Glad to see her healthy. Uh, that's probably the last you're going to see her this year. I mean, I just I, – It was still good for her to was, get postseason experience. It was awesome. So. If if you see her again, it'll probably be late in a game. But I was really, really happy for her just to get a little bit of confidence because she is filthy. I mean, she's a dirty pitcher. But well, it's she's, just, a, she's an Oklahoma girl from Tuttle. She's, she's a Tuttle girl. But I was really happy for her because she's the kind of – she's the kind of person you root for. You really do. Um, from the six one four, I think Texas A and M goes established coach, and that Texas Tech goes young to relate to the players. Yeah, Tex had a Tex had a rough run recently. You know, Adrian Gregory got Adrian Gregory and Sam Martyr got them back to where they needed to be, and Adrian did a phenomenal job, and. Had a you know Texas Tech was in in a rough spot. They just fired their women's basketball coach for the treatment of players, and so everyone kind of was in danger. <laughs> and 
some things came out about Adrian Gregory, who was a demanding coach, and she was gone. But listen, if if Tech was smart, if Kirby Hocutt was smart, I'd pick up the phone, call Eugene, Oregon, and I'd say, Sam Martyr, what are you doing? You know how to win here. We made a mistake by, you know, firing that staff. It was a bit knee jerky. We'd love for you to come back and build this thing. Well, and they used to they used to be a solid program too for sure. twenty ten, twenty ten and up, they had a few good years. They did. And they were pretty good in let's see, so what am I going back? Nineteen nineteen? Like pre pandemic, the year before the pandemic, they went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think force and if necessary game against LSU. I'm just doing this off the top of my head, so it could be I could be a year off. But yeah, they were they were rolling. So yeah, I think I think Tech's got a chance to be really good. Uh and then writing Randy writes I really hate to go against the Big 12, but I think this year, to help grow the game as a whole, Texas and OSU need to lose in the Supers. We need a broad TV audience to keep growing the game. OU will pull them in, but too many teams in the same area of the country does not grow the base. It is kind of wild, though, if you think about it, that you know if, if Texas... If Texas loses, that's two teams from, I guess you could say, relatively the, the same area. But Clemson getting in, I would agree. That does bring a whole new, I don't want to say fan base, but a whole new audience on that East Coast. It brings a little bit of a different dynamic. I think if you're talking TV ratings, your ultimate final eight is OU – Northwestern, UCLA, Arkansas, Arizona, Clemson, Stanford, and Florida. But if you're talking about seeing who might be the best teams advance, I'd swap Vodtech out. If Florida's on fire right now. They're on fire. I'd swap out Vodtech for Florida, but Florida's playing much better. I'd probably swap out Oregon State for Stanford. I'd probably swap out... Oklahoma State for uh, like Clem- Oklahoma State instead of Clemson, and I mean you're getting you're getting two Cinderellas in the World Series regardless, which is Stanford amazing. Stanford and Oregon State, right? Going Absolutely, and then Mississippi State and Arizona. Now Arizona State's a traditional power, or excuse me, Arizona's a traditional power, but they just I mean they they walked through the Columbia Regional. I mean. Missouri couldn't even force an if-necessary game. Heck, Missouri was in trouble against Missouri State, who eliminated Illinois. I mean, Missouri State almost beat Missouri in the first game, then eliminated Illinois, who was grossly overseeded. And then it took a late couple runs from Missouri to beat Missouri State and even get to the regional finals. Yeah, they kind of yeah, had to grind that out. But you're you're uh, spot on with the TV coverage. But I wonder if like a lot of people around here want to see Texas and OSU make it and get all three of us in the World Series. I do, I do. I, but again, I'm unique in that. You know, I, I I think it builds up Oklahoma whenever you see other teams from their conference get in. I think it shows just how good this conference is. In fact, final final air comfort solutions text to the show given how OU, OSU and Texas did did Iowa State and Baylor get slighted see Big Ten with seven teams my contention is those two were in the Big Ten they would have gotten in I, I and I know for the 9-1-8 I know we disagreed with this on Friday when we talked about it 
I mean, Iowa State and Baylor just lost too many games is what it came down to. They did. And they, a few of them have – obviously because Baylor beat OU. I mean, they had some good wins. But well, yeah, Baylor like had the said, chance to beat OU. And they had, dropped had the a, chance to beat they OU. They dropped a foul ball and <laughs> it would have been a third out and then Kenzie Hansen made him pay. But I, I, I just – I wish I could get to a place where I can say, well, Baylor and Iowa State deserve – but no, I, I just can't. I'm sorry. I, I want to. I'll believe you. I'll I'll go on your side of the argument, but man, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess if they were, I'd be different if they were in the Big Ten because obviously outside of Nebraska and Northwestern, I mean, it was kind of a little downhill. In the well, Big Ten. and and if they were in the Big Ten, I mean, they probably don't get swept like they did by OU in Texas. They might steal a game from Michigan or Nebraska, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the three biggest disappointments, I mean, obviously outside of Alabama and Florida State, but nobody was more disappointing in this tournament than Notre Dame, Nebraska, uh, and South Florida. I mean, those were three teams that a lot of people had some hype coming in, and they just laid an egg. Well, and a Big Ten champion and coming in with high hopes, and kind of, man, they just like laid an egg. High hopes, not, and then they, they rally and nearly come back against Oklahoma State in their first game, and they just get smoked by North Texas in their second game. It's like, what are we doing? Uh, great stuff today. This has been fun to recap the weekend that was. we got super we- regional coverage coming up all week long right here on the Plank Show. Uh, see if I can't get JT to join us tomorrow. Also, I'm all in on the Big 12 baseball tournament. Kansas, you know, there could be a couple vacancies in the Big 12. Kansas just fired its coach. They're not going to the Big 12 baseball tournament anyway. How safe is Pete, Kansas State? How safe is uh, things in Waco right now? It's going to be a fascinating coaching carousel in the baseball world as well. So, fun show. Connor, great job. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Steelman and Thune at noon are next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.